You're listening to Hawk Talk with former Seahawks wide receiver Michael Bumpus. At the 10-yard line, second and eight. Three wide receivers now in motion as Bumpus left to right. Julius Jones with single setback. Matt Pump fakes, looking to the goal line. He throws it into the end zone. Touchdown, Seahawks! It's Michael Bumpus with a diving catch in the end zone. A 10-yard touchdown reception for Bumpus, and the kid out of Washington State has found himself a place on this team. Powered by Seahawks.com. What's up, folks? This is Michael Bumpus, and you're listening to Hawk Talk, the recap edition. Unfortunately, the Seahawks fall to the Rams 28-12 in a Sunday night game down in L.A. at the Coliseum. Before we get into the specifics, we're going to bring in Paul Moyer on the line. How you doing, Paul? Bump, um... I'm lacking some sleep, but doing well from a miserable night of football. Yes, it was a tough one, Paul. It was hard to watch. I watched it with you, Dory, Nasser, Ray. Um, what do you think? What's, what was the biggest reason for that loss last night? Well, you know, I was talking to some people this morning. You know, we, we can't overreact when they win five games in a row, and we certainly can't overreact when they lose one game in a row. The NFL's tough. You know, the, the Rams were in the Super Bowl last year for a reason. We knew that. I just think they're a tough matchup for us. You know, the way we play defense, you know, they were designed really to attack the Seahawks. You know, with the when we were playing three deep zone defensively and, you know, really try to maximum protect, run deep routes, crossing routes, you know, a lot of shifting and motions. It's hard. And I, and I thought we had that cleaned up a little bit, you know, from the last time we met with them. But they're just a tough matchup for us. I just don't think we were as, as – mentally prepared it's not that they weren't didn't know what was going on it's just just being fired up for the game the rams were they i just thought they played at a little higher level we didn't tackle very well we dropped some footballs it just wasn't our cleanest game and if you don't play great you know every week versus really good football teams you know that's the result i don't think it's scheme i don't think it's players it's just we didn't play well on monday night and the rams did yeah, I'm with you. I felt like the the Rams came out fired up, and it kind of they kind of hit the Hawks in the chin, and, and weren't really able to respond. And a, a, a contribution to that was losing Rashad Penny early. What does that do to this offense? Well, I think it puts you know certainly a burden on on Carson. Um, when you've got a guy like him rushing, you know, eighteen to twenty five times a game, and then you can load it up in the first and fourth quarter that's what they've done, you know, for the last eight years is, you know, you wear teams out, you know, down that stretch in the fourth quarter of a season and a fourth quarter of a game. We've lost that. So Carson's going to have to up, you know, some of his touches. I think we'll see him more in the passing game as well. You, you, you miss a guy who can take one to the house, you know, 50, 60 yards. And in this league, if you can score easy, that's certainly a, a blessing. I just think it's, it's just going to be a little tougher. Um, but, Carson's young. Uh, maybe C.J. Prosize gets a few uh, touches. I'd like to see Homer get some. You know, I, I like what he brings. He, he brings a, a physicalness to him. And I don't know, you're the offensive guy. What, what's your thoughts? No, I like I like Homer. I like to see him get the rock. I like Prosize as well. I think they all they both bring something different to the table. End of the day, you got to roll with 32 Chris Carson. But it's always nice to get other guys involved. And speaking of other guys getting involved. Um, Michael Kinders didn't play, so Cody Barton got the start. Um, how would you how would you evaluate his play? Well, I, they, Sean McVay, he's he's a great coach for a reason, and and one thing he does is you know not only does he get his team ready you know each week, they try to exploit the mismatch, and you've got a rookie linebacker 
And, and I saw it in preseason a little bit at times because he's a really smart player out of Utah. But when all of a sudden the game comes and it's really fast and the shifts are fast and they're motion and they're bringing in different personnel and they weren't letting them breathe at all defensively. I mean, our guys were having to get right back up to the line of scrimmage and play. And he, he I, did, I thought he missed out on a few, you know, fly sweeps, um, a couple of uh, stretch plays where he lost containment. You know, overall, I thought he played pretty well, but you're talking about losing a guy like Kendrick where he was playing at, at times, a Pro Bowl level. So I think it hurt us a little bit. I don't think it hurt us a lot in the, necessarily the passing game. I just thought there was a couple third-down situations. We had a chance to stop them. So we talk about all these negatives, what the Hawks could have done better, what the Rams did. Now, there's some positive out of this game, too. Quandre Diggs continues to perform at a high level. What are you seeing out of that guy? Who was who Key Hawk with that last night? I believe it was a guy named Paul Moore. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I, I really like uh, Diggs. He is, um, you know, he, he brings two things to the table that you know, we, we needed, and that's a guy that will punish you. Uh, so when you, And he did. He got a couple of nice shots on Woods, uh, their receiver on a crossing route, maybe not to what I was hoping for, he, like put him out of the game for a while. <laughs> um, but he, you saw the interception for a touchdown. You know, they were running some crossing routes. They decided to dr- drop the backside safety away from Woods in that formation. Um, Goff never saw him. And, and Wood saw him at the last minute and actually stopped and, and probably was a, a reason for that interception as well. But he's, um, he's, a, he's, a, he's a big-time player. You know, he's going to miss a tackle or two, you know, because he's so aggressive and he's going to have to balance that. But I think we got two really good safeties that are still young for the future, mixed in with some young guys. Um, Diggs, Diggs is a real deal. Last one for you. The sky is not falling. The Hawks are still 10-3 and three with three games left. How do you feel about their chances moving forward to win the division and get a first-round bye? Well, I like it that it's, it's all in front of us. You know, if we win out, you know, we, we got we to gotta play well. I mean, that's the bottom line. And we're gonna, we still got a tough game at Carolina. It's on the road. Those are never easy. Arizona's a divisional game. Yeah, that won't be easy, even though they're both games we should win. And then it, everything comes down to the last game here at CenturyLink. You know, the 12, it, it'll be nuts. So I like that because right now the Seahawks win their next three games and Green Bay wins their next three. And, and uh, or Carolina, excuse me, New Orleans wins their next three. We're, we're the number one seed at 13-3. and three. The only way we're not the number one seed if we win our next three games is if New Orleans and the Seahawks are both tied at 13-3 and three at the end. And then from that division, because they, we lost the head-to-head, uh, they would get the number one seed. But I like our chances. It's just we, we just got to play well. Um, it wasn't unexpected yesterday. It was just disappointing because we played so well the last five games. Yeah, very disappointing. But they've taken care of business earlier this season, so they're setting themselves up for success. Paul, thanks again for taking time out of your busy day to holler at us. A pleasure as always. I'll see you at 7 a.m. Sunday. 7 a.m. All right, Paul. All right, buddy. All right, moving on to the main takeaways. What did we learn from this game? The Seahawks got behind early and just didn't play their best ball against the Rams. Fighting for their playoff lives, I think the Rams had a sense of urgency that the Hawks just weren't ready for initially in this ball game. Yeah, I mean, they came out guns blazing. They were ready to rock from the jump. The Seahawks kind of moved the ball in their first drive, got three points. But after that, the Rams, we didn't really have an offer in 
answer for them offensively. Yeah, and they came out, like we talked about on the preview podcast, they got weapons. They got players. They are in the Super Bowl for a reason last year. Um, I think they just came out, they had a good game plan, and they executed better than we did. It's all about execution. Next takeaway, for the first time all season, they just weren't the best team on the field on Sunday. Different than the Saints and the Ravens' losses. This was a little different. You know, with the Saints and the Ravens' loss, you felt like they were in the game. Mm-hmm. At no point during this game, maybe the first series or so, did you feel like the Hawks had control of what was going on out there? Yeah, and the first, the two other earlier losses, so the Saints and the Ravens, you could justify you, you had a special teams touchdown. Yeah. You had a pick six. You had a fumble return for a touchdown. So you had all these plays where if you like, if you take those plays out, it's a, it's a tie ball game. Last night, um, the Seahawks were just beat. I mean, that was diff- that was the only disappointing thing. They just didn't have their A game, and that happens. It's a long season. Other guys get, get paid to coach their teams, too, and uh, we just didn't have it last night. Just didn't have it. Just won their night. For the first time since 2017, the Seahawks didn't score an offici- they did not score an offensive touchdown. Um, and that was surprising, especially with the way this offense has been playing. The week before, they rushed the ball 40-something times, over 200 yards. You got the two-headed monster with Rashad Penny and uh, Chris Carson, but they just couldn't find their groove this week. They couldn't get into rhythm. Early on, there was times where they had a couple third downs and a couple drops and a couple little plays, and I feel like if you make a couple of those and you can kind of string together a drive, they just couldn't quite break through. And then once you're behind, you're playing behind the eight ball. You're not doing what you want to do offensively, and it's tough. And you're behind, and you're behind on the road. These guys were 6-0 and on the road coming into mm-hmm. this game. It would have been nice to go 7-0, and but 6-1 and on the road in itself is a great accomplishment. Unfortunately, Rashad Penny suffered an ACL sprain. Uh, we don't know what his status is for the rest of the season. Well, he's going to be out for the rest of the season, depending on MRI. So unfortunate to see that dude go down, man. Rooting for this dude. He was playing great football. He was confident. He was taking care of his body. And that's just the nature of the beast. Football, you just never know. No, and that's – gosh, it's, it's, it's rough. Like you said, he's been, he's been killing it. He's slimmed down the last couple of weeks. He was getting that confidence back. He's playing at the highest level he's played at since he's been in the NFL, and it's tough, man. It's the same deal with Will Disley and guys like that who work their tail off, and then just an in, unfortunate injury comes like that and just nips you in the butt. Unfortunate, but that's football for you. We're going to move on to our top performers. One, Russell Wilson, 22-36, 245, no touchdowns, threw a pick at the end of the game, but that pick yeah. was more just trying to give his boy – uh, a chance to make a play. Uh, the game was probably out of reach, just trying to do his thing. What'd you see out of Russell? Russell, I mean, he he played well. It wasn't an it wasn't an awful game. Like I said, he a couple of plays he was kind of could get out of rhythm. There's a couple of drops. Um, it wasn't the typical Russell Wilson game that we're expecting to see. But a lot of that you just got to give credit to the Rams. They had good pressure. Aaron Donald is just a beast, and he's a tough guy to block. So. It was an okay game. Um, I'm looking for him to bounce back big. And the number one great thing about this this Seahawks team under Pete Carroll is they are incredibly hard to play after a loss. They get back in the film room. They come at it. So I'm expecting Russell Wilson to come out guns blazing against Carolina next week. They'll be good to go, I believe. Next performer, Chris Carson at 15 carries. And a hard-fought 76 yards rushing. With that 76 yards rushing, he went over the 1,000-yard mark for the second season in a row. So good to see a late-round pick guy getting it done. So reliable. And the way he runs with, with the ball in his hand. I mean, it, you got to be a man if mm-hmm. you want to come up and tackle oh, Chris yeah. Carson. I saw Weddle buckle a couple of times, Tyler Rat buckle a couple of times. If you want to tackle this dude, you better be ready to go. Oh, yeah, you better bring your lunch pail, man. It's, he's going to make you feel it. He will make you feel it. And, uh, and honestly, I feel like he would have had a bigger day. Um, if the game didn't get out of hand early because he was had some nice runs. He was picking up some chunk yardage. But, again, once you get down, it changes your offensive game plan. It gets you out of what you want to do. But Chris Carson's playing really well. Yeah, once you get down, you got to throw that rock. 
Uh, Quandre Diggs had five tackles, two interceptions, two passes defended, and one pick six, and he caught that rock. And Pete Carroll said it the best, just spoke to him. He looked like he had done this before. It wasn't foreign to him. He was comfortable. He caught the rock with his hands, knees up, burst to the end zone. I love the consistency that he's bringing to the back end of this defense. No, he's been, I mean, since the day he stepped foot on the football field for the Seahawks, the defense has played the best they played all year. He's only been on the team, or he's only played in four games now or three or four games, and he already has three interceptions. He forced a fumble against Philly. He's active. He's coming down. He's knocking people in the mouth. He's just he's playing at a high level, and he's really helping elevate the play as a secondary as a, as a whole. Yeah, that was a great pickup. Bobby Wagner had 14 tackles, 11 solo tackles. Just steady, Bobby. You know, Bobby doing what he does, double-digit uh-huh. tackles. This is what another day at the office for, for B-Wags. Pretty much, man. Every time you look at that stat sheet, sometimes – you, as you're watching the game, you might not notice, like, against on Sunday, but then you look down at the statue and you're like, damn, he's got 14 and 11 solo tackles. So, yeah, just another another day at the office for another the best day. linebacker in football. Yes, sir. DK Metcalf has six receptions for 78 yards and a nice over-the-shoulder catch on the sideline. I think it was mm-hmm. a third and long or it was a fourth it was, and long? It was third and, like, a mile. It was, like, third and 23 and yeah. picked up 35. Yeah, great catch by that dude. Confidence is building every single week. Here's the wide receiver roundup. Just like I said, DK had six for 78. Tyler had four catches for 43 yards. Josh Gordon caught something other than a slant. Uh Yeah, two for 34 and another big catch. I believe that was a a deep third or a long third down, a long fourth down as well uh, late in the game. Hollister had four catches for 34 yards. Penny Penny had one for 16. Moore had one for 15. Carson, three for 15. And Malik Turner, one for 10. Not the numbers that you want. But what I do like is just the balls being spread around. You take an L, but teams are going to have to prep for more than just a couple of guys when it comes to that pass game. So now we're going to shift gears, and we're going to go to the coach's corner where we talk about the play of the game. And today we're going to talk about Diggs' pick six in the third quarter. Four wide receivers on third down and ten. Goff hits his back foot, throws across the middle. Ball's intercepted. Going. He is gone. Diggs takes it. 15, 10, 5. Quandre Diggs takes it to the house. The pick six. The defense has come out fired up, and we've got a ball game. 21-9. Diggs all the way. He steps in front of that one and takes it 55 yards to the house. That right there, that's a veteran recognizing what's going on right there. He sees Woods go across the field. He knows he has to jump on it now, and Woods kind of helps him out. He sits, which I don't understand. The rule is when you're running your crossing routes, if you see grass, you take it. And everyone looked like they were manned up. There was nothing but grass there, but he sits. But just like – one of Dick's other picks. If you do your job, you get mm-hmm. to the right place at the right time, good things are going to happen. He intercepts the ball, turns on the Jets, and he was moving. I mean, shoot, even if Woods continues to run through that, Condre Diggs is running right through him. You see, he was, like, as Rabel says, shot out of a cannon because he was coming downhill, and when he picked that off, he was gone to the house. And after that pick, there was a little life. Yes. And we're thinking, we're like, hey, we got a chance here. We got a chance. Unfortunately, Myers missed the PAT. It kind of kills the vibe a little bit. But one thing you can count on every single week is that Diggs is going to come to play. So the best thing we learned from this game, everything the Seahawks want to accomplish this season is still in front of them. The Seahawks still control their own destiny when it comes to the NFC West and a first-round bye. All they got to do is win. Yep. Went out week by week. Going down to Carolina. Take care of Carolina. Don't let Kyle Allen beat you. Contain McCaffrey as much as you can. And that is the first step. And I think they can do it. 
Oh yeah, no. As we as we know, this team was now six and one on the road. They're great road warriors, and as I mentioned earlier. It is really hard to beat the Seahawks after a loss. It's very rare. I think it's only happened once or twice in Russell Wilson's entire career where they've lost multiple games in a row. And like you said, everything's out in front of them. If they just take care of business, they're going to be where they want to be in good position for the playoffs. So I'm excited for them to get back after it this week and get ready to take on Carolina. I'm excited, too. The sky's not falling, 12s. We're going to be okay. They're 10-3. This is a good football team. Everyone has their hiccups. Thanks for listening. It's been real. I'm Michael Bumpus, along with my producer, Nasser Chobi. This is Hog Talk Recap Edition. We'll see you next time.